Hello, and welcome to Shakespeare, the roundtable discussion podcast where we talk about Shakespeare. My name is Chase, your mostly quiet producer. Today, we return to contentious ground with Coriolanus. You can find us at our website, shakespearepod.com, our network, ghostlightmedia.net, and you can support the show by donating at patreon.com slash ghostlightmedia, or by leaving us a rating or review over on your podcatcher of choice. And now, on with the show. I bought a card today for your daughter's birthday. Yeah. Uh, that was very specifically only bought to make your wife smile, because at seven, she doesn't really care what the card says. Mm, that's... But if I can find good puns that's, for Hannah. That's fairly true. Although Evie's card had a unicorn pooping out a rainbow. I feel like that was appropriate as well. Yeah. That's fun for the whole family right there. It is. Anything with poopy rainbows. It's the way we go. You know, it's also fun for the whole family. It's not Coriolanus, not I'll tell you that. Not play. No. no. I'm sorry, that's where you're all wrong. <laughs> yeah, see, I know this is going to be a point of contention, and I'm very tempted to make this my Romeo and Juliet. Uh-huh. And see, here's You'd be just more like, wrong than I I'll am. I'll join you. Huh? I'll join you, Beth. This play is you just real good, and anybody who thinks Coriolanus blows. If you, if you think it this play blows. is bad, you're wrong. Wait, one more. You gotta start talking so I can blows over you. <laughs> Your blows were not over me. No, ah, Coriolanus blows! <laughs> Trust me, you can't overpower me with your blowing. Uh, you see, normally... Normally, that is correct. However, I am in entirely in control of the final edit on this one. Uh, because <laughs> we, we are doing this Ryan remotely, entirely. Ryan, you can, in fact, be entirely silenced and not come through on anybody else's mic. So this, It's a dark power my... that I've only abused a little bit. This is my copy of Coriolanus. Uh, I tried to just read it as I normally do and take notes on a piece of paper and it was literally so bad that I couldn't focus like that so I had to print it off to make notes as I went. Obviously you are wrong. There are ten fucking scenes in the first act. Yeah, that happens a lot in Shakespeare. Either that or the first act is one scene. I can't think of another play that has ten scenes in the first act. We've read several. Uh, Oh, I've read several plays. <laughs> trust, trust me, the first act is right. no longer than any of the other plays that we have read. Well, it feels just, like you, I you, no, like you came into this. You came An into this play. war happens in Act One. You, you came into this play <laughs> expecting to be mad about it because you you call it the anus play because of of abridged. You per- no, you came into, into this play, play not you wanted to not like it. I came into this play, Ryan, despite whatever you want to say, expecting to find a hidden jewel because so many of my friends keep talking about it. Because it's really good. Um, But then I thought about it. I'm like, you know what? All of they've talked about, they've never told me what it's about. This is a romantic tale of two men who love each other very much. That I will agree with. That I will 100% agree with. They love each other so much. So two much. Two men who love each other so much, and two men who hate each other so much. They're the same men. And a whole bunch... <laughs> and a whole bunch of... It's uh, Roman political intrigue. Please. It's your favorite thing. 
Yeah, but Julius Caesar did no, it better. No, Julius Caesar did not do it better. <laughs> Even Mark Antony with his four-scene-long no, death no, scene. No. <laughs> so before we get too deep into the discourse that I'm sure will continue throughout the evening. Um, oh, I plan maybe... on just going hard into the beers until I can overpower Ryan with how much Coriolanus <laughs> blows. Your children are going to know how much Coriolanus blows. And my husband will be so mad when they're awake. She also <laughs> obviously did not read the play. Do you think I just scribbled on this piece of paper for funsies? I would actually believe that from you. Oh. I mean... I mean, I did. I do have some, like, there were some fun things that happened in it, uh, but as far as the... Oh, God. All right, let's just get into it. Can let's we, get through the plot so we can talk about some of the good. Hey, we're going to get into it on this Shakespeare, a podcast. Why are they here if they don't know who we are? You know what? That's fair. <laughs> That's a good question. But this right. could be their first one. It might- Man... If this is your first one, go find a different one to start with, I think. Also, or why did you start with Coriolanus? Do you have a report, don't dude? don't start with episode 66 <laughs> of the Shakespeare uh, podcast. You go back to, like, episode, yeah. what, eight? No, if that's Romeo and Juliet, skip that one. No, uh, sorry, seven. Uh, episode seven, episode eight. Go back. It's a winter's tale. Winter's tale? It's our best. It's real good. Yeah. It's, it's our best. real enjoyable. We did peak early. What are you going to do? I assume that you, if you are watching, if you are listening to this, you are a fan of the show, our show, not this show, or you have a book report due and you didn't want to read it. In which case, um, Tom Hiddle, no. Hiddle, Hiddleston? Hiddleston has a pretty good one that's free to stream right now. Which I right, only watch when we're of. recording it, not necessarily when you're listening to it, but it'll probably still be there in two weeks. Who knows? Um, you Who should knows? also really not use us because I guarantee you everybody <laughs> in this show is going to have a false name by the time we're done with it because <laughs> I can't keep yeah. anybody straight. Uh, well, just call everybody Tullus and you'll get halfway there. There's only one Tullus. It's Tullus of Phidias. <laughs> yeah. But he talks a lot. Yeah, I know. I played him. <laughs> I I played television. I'm Cassie Greenlee. Okay. Oh, I'm back. She oh, she went first. first. She oh, went damn. First. She's you so sick of us. You right. should screw it up. This is the Shakespeare podcast. I'm Ryan Halfhill. <laughs> I'm Beth Roars. I'm Cassie Greenlee. <laughs> I'm Chase Greenlee. <laughs> oh. See, How I got to have to my be... cake and eat it, too, because I made you guys stop arguing to introduce <laughs> ourselves, and I still went in my normal place. So, but you still also it's went 18 first. minutes. You went twice. What a dum-dum. Yeah. We're, you're like, we're not even 20 minutes in, and you're already sick. No, it, shit, is, so. it is 12 minutes into recording. Yeah. Already sick. Already sick of our shit. <laughs> Which That's is good. good. That means, means we're, we're doing, doing right. our jobs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hold on, I need to send a text for a yes, please. <laughs> Boop. This is why I like drinking here. Anyway, yes, today we are talking about the tragedy of Coriolanus. Yes. The tragedy, the answer, if you want to know what the tragedy was, it was that it was written. <laughs> why are you laughing that hard? That's such an obvious joke. Can you feel this, Beth? Can, I, can you feel it? I can't. Because I, I do it as hard it. as I can. Thanks to social distancing, I cannot feel it at all. Okay, so, yeah, the tragedy of Coriolanus. 
is a Roman political, not really. It's a Roman political drama, drama. which is Beth's favorite thing in the entire world. She just wants to hate this play. Yeah, okay. Yep, I do. So, we'll just go with that, because I don't feel like arguing about whether or not I tried to like it, which I did. I don't believe you. You skipped it when we when we Anyway, when we, put we it on. start with a group I had of mutinous just citizens a child. of Rome. Mutinous citizens of Rome is where we Mut- start. Yes. Mutinous citizens of Rome. So they're all gathered together. This is right uh, after the the Tarquins no... have been So, sure. There's no food. There's a food shortage in the city. Food prices are high, and guess who's got all the food? The rich people. Makes sense. Um, and so they're talking about how this guy, this senator, Caius Martius? He's a general. He's not a senator. He's not a senator. He's a general? General yeah. Caius yeah. Martius well, Coriolanus. He's not Coriolanus Not Coriolanus yet. yet. But that is who we're talking about. But it is who he will become, Coriolanus. Yes. He's not at this moment Coriolanus not right now. He's just Caius Martius. Not in this act. Okay, but he's Caius Martius. Actually, he's he's a Roman general. They're blaming... They're blaming... Act before we get They're Coriolanus. blaming Caius Martius for their, their loss of grain. Well, they're blaming him because he keeps standing up for the rights of the rich to stockpile. That the the poor people need to go away... It is the right well, it's of the actually, rich people it's, who it's have actually the money a, it's to about, have it. Um, military service with Caius Martius. He's saying that the the plebes don't deserve the grain because they haven't served in the military, and that it's up to the rich people to dole it out so that everybody can have. So, there's the first thing that I don't like because we got people starving so that the rich can live in luxury. And our main character, who we're supposed to side with, is a douchey Trump now, supporter. Every every tragedy, how often do you are you actually supposed to side with the main character? I don't have an answer to that one. I I have tons of answers for that. It. There are a lot of tragedies where you do not side with the main character. Do you want Kathy? You want me to pin that on my whiteboard? I'm gonna pin it on my wall. Not on my whiteboard. You can't. She doesn't if you like want, that I, I can, a whiteboard. You can bring a whiteboard. I have no problem with that. <laughs> but I will stick to our classic pin system because I have to make the Instagram. Post. But anyway, the rioters, oh. the rioters come in, come across Menenius Agrippa and Caius Martius. Menenius, of course, tries to calm down the rioters, whereas and Caius Martius Caius tells Martius them to like, go fuck, fuck you themselves. guys. Yeah, who are you? Why do you get money? No, you don't get food because you're people. And then Brutus and Sicinius, who are two Roman tribunes, uh, they uh, denounce Caius Martius in private. Um, They will continue to denounce Caius Martius throughout. Yeah, in the beginning, it's privately. Right. Um, There are some excellent pieces of actual writing in here where... um, Especially Menius, he does an incredible job of blaming the plebeians and how bad they are at worshipping the gods for their own grain shortage. He also does a really good job of constantly licking Coriolanus's boots. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's Agrippa is constantly. definitely yeah, he's definitely a toady. Right, right. But as far as politicians go in this play, he is by far the best for actually spinning. Oh, he's yeah, yeah, very very well written he, um, spin doctor right. there. And the plebes, I made a note of just how heightened the language was for this underclass, this plebeian class that they've got. They're using huge fucking words. And huge it's words. All, well, it's not. They're not in verse. They're in They're verse, in prose, but. yeah. Yeah. And normally when we see the lower class, Shakespeare brings the language down. Cassie, I'm sure we'll talk about that. Well, we language is That's one of our perma pins. We will. It is a perma pin. Okay, so they're all upset because there is not enough food to go around. And everybody's to be blamed. And then a messenger really comes in and says that somebody's attacking. The, Vol- the Volscian army. And the Volscian yeah. army. And, and Mar- Martius says, okay, we gotta go fight these guys. And he's got a line about the disgruntled citizens. And he goes, no, 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 let them follow because... The Volscians have lots of corn, and if they sign up for the army, they'll get fed, because that's his whole deal. Mm-hmm. Well, if yeah, he thinks if that... you want to be provided for, be in the military, and if you're not in the military, you can go die in a he always, He's very Starship yeah. Troopers. If you want to be a citizen, you have yeah. to serve. Yeah, it's, it, you know, it's very, very Starship Troopers. I hate Robert Heinlein. I hate Robert Heinlein as well, so that that pans through. But yeah, um... And then everybody starts talking about what a great military leader he is. And He's a very skilled general, Caius Martius is. And even Tullus, who isn't in here yet, will say that Caius Martius is a super good general. And that they are equals. Yes, but Tullus Ophidius, the real hero of the play, is coming soon. And so, yeah, we leave Act One, uh, Scene One of Act One. We're not anywhere close to being done with Act One yet. Oh God, um, no! With Brutus and Sicinius talking, Bitchin. basically talking about how much they hate Coriolanus and really want to see his pride lay him low because they can't stand how proud and obnoxious. Yeah, he is. they really don't like so, him. and neither can I. So. I don't like, well, see, I don't like him either, but every time this hen circle gets together at the end of a scene, it makes me go, well, I hate you guys more than I hate him. Because <laughs> all you guys are, you're not doing anything, you're just They're, they're not acting, they're just complaining. Yeah. Then we go to scene two of act one, which is Tullus. in Coriolis. Tullus Ophidius. And we meet Ophidius. And so we're talking about Rome is getting ready to attack us. How are we going to handle that? So Cominius, uh, Cominius is leading the army, and Martius is his second in command, or or whatever. And um, yeah, they are sieging Corioli. And Aphidius is saying. Yes, and this man, Martius, is coming. And I swear to God, when we meet on the battlefield, beard one to of beard. us will kill the other. Beard to when beard. When we meet. When beard we meet. to beard. I feel like that's a pirate thing. That's not a pirate thing. When we meet, beard to no, beard. It, it could sounds be. like a pirate thing. I've heard it both ways. And that's 
And then in scene three of act one, we meet, you're not allowed to be a woman in this play unless your name starts with a V. But the three women in this play are named Volumnia, Virgilia, and Valeria. All right. So Virgilia is our wife. That's Marcius's wife. And I'm sorry. I just want to hug her the whole show. She really needs it. She is poorly treated by her husband. That's because he is in love with Tullus Ophidius. It's true. He is. He's madly uh, in love with him. And Volumnia. Now I know is... why you and Mike love this. It's because it's a bromance. It's not a bromance. It's 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 a full on romance. It's a romance. The the it is there's it's not subtext. It is text. Does it happen? I'm sorry. Does it happen in three days? <laughs> no, there's no marriage at the end of it either. No, no. Okay, so That's it's not a tragedy. romance. But it's a, I'm it's not, not a saying romance. the play is a romance. I'm saying the relationship between Tullus Ophidius and Coriolanus is a romance. I'm just clarifying. No, please. <laughs> no, you're not. Jeez, someone's on the defense. What are we? Are we? Are we turning one of your own catchphrases against you? And then we have Volumnia, who is Marcius's mother. Who's is a fucked up mom. And she sucks. she yeah. also is really really good at licking the boots. Oh, well, she would rather her son came back dead. Yeah, than Virgilia is saying, I don't want my husband to go off and fight in a war. I wish he didn't have to do that. And Volumnia is like, you be quiet, you horrible person. Would you rather he be without honor entirely? She's like, no, I'd just rather he not be dead. That is a that is a mm. pretty common Greek-Roman philosophy there, you know. The whole Spartan, you know, come back with your shield or on it, you know, type mentality was, you know, would have been pretty common at the time among soldiers and the like. So I can see in Volumnia, her whole, her whole shtiz is that she has gained any, any prestige she's gained is based off the fact that her son is really good at killing people. So she just turns that up to 11. So she's yeah, the Karen of... insane. Which... When you, as we go through and we hear Martius talk about his own prowess and his prow, like his hubris has turned down to two. Oh yeah, yeah. He's got none. It makes sense. Somebody had to talk this guy up. And it's, you know, Menius and his mom. And then there's Valeria, who I don't know who she is or where she came from or why she's there. She, so she's a friend. I guess, I guess, kind of, but she's a really bitchy friend. Everybody needs Seems one of those. She's a chaste gentlewoman of Rome, according to the Dramatis Personae. But she seems to want to, like, take over Virgilia's place and be the wife. She does. And she's like, hey, come and uh, come out with me. We're going to celebrate the start of this war. And Virgilia's, yeah, I don't really want to do that. Because my yeah, husband's it's not a... leaving. It's not something to celebrate. Uh, I'd rather not. And Valeria won't shut up about, like, but you should come. But I I said I wasn't going to leave the house until my husband came back. He's not back yet, so I'm not leaving the house. And it sounded like they almost got her to go. And in the end, she's like, no, no. No more peer pressure. Just you two leave. So then in scene four of Act One... There's lots more to go. There's so much more. Um, we are before the city. Coriolis 
with Martius and his men and talking about how we're going to rush the gates and we're going to go, you know, take them down. And Martius gives a speech. It's no Henry V. That's it. It is literally what I wrote down is, this isn't any Agincourt. No, it's, this it's, isn't not, good. it's not a bad speech. I would not speech. follow this man. It's not a bad speech, but it's not great. No. And he basically says, if you stop fighting, I will assume you are the enemy and kill you. Yep. Yeah. yeah, so I mean... he he taunts them about being cowards, and then he tries to lead them into a march into the city, and they are not following to the point where the city gates are able to close behind him, so he's just alone. I think he's got a, sm- a small, a small of amount one. of dudes. Yeah, five of huh? Yeah. Oh, did I skip an act? You you just skipped ahead to the next scene, but scene four is very short, so. Yeah. Well, they... I I love the fact that the doors close, and then everybody around him's like, oh. Oh, no, that's actually... That's actually scene six, because scene five is just, like, more fighting. Oh, God. Doesn't need to be its own scene. No, a lot of... Well, the reason reason that they're different, broken up into different scenes is because the location changes. Yeah. There are two different battlefronts. There's the gate, and then we keep hearing the call of battle... On the other side of but the that, city, that happens I guess. In, that happens in all of Shakespeare's plays. Anytime that there's a yeah. different part yeah. of the battle, but they it, it's the what scene. splits this act into so many scenes. And realistically, it's a good way to do a fight scene is to divide it up between two different places so you can it talk is. about what's happening on the other side without having here's to stage the, it. Here's the thing, though: Martius is in scene four, five, six, and seven. He's in all of them. Mm-hmm. So we could literally just be following him through. All well, you know, in a in a film version, you just put a you do a a you know do a fade. You fade just black, follow him. Come back no, in, you just do a steady cut. steady cam and uh, yeah. What is it? Nineteen eighteen? Is that that movie? Nineteen seventeen. Seventeen. Ah, damn. Um, Still haven't seen that. You do like Jet Li's the one, and it's one <laughs> continuous shot while he fights his way to the top of the pyramid. Old boy, <laughs> just like one angle too. <laughs> hmm. Like that fight scene in the beginning of The Witcher. Mm. In scene six, Martius has been injured, and his second hand, his second in command is like, you've been injured, we must get you seen too. And he's like, ah, no, bleeding is medicinal. I continue. (laughs) Rub some dirt in it. I'm going back. Give me some Windex. I'm good to go. It's like the scene from The Predator, you know, it's like, uh, you know, I ain't got time to bleed. Oh, Jesus. Is Jesse the body Ventura. And then in scene seven, it seems like the battle's in a lull. The commander, Cominius, is saying, okay, we can take a breather. And then Martius rushes in and he goes, am I too late? You didn't kill Ophidius yet, did you? I didn't miss him, did I? He's still here, right? I'm here to kill this guy. This this one dude. This one guy. That's why I went to war is to kill this one guy. I wonder if that'll happen. And then he gives these big long speeches about how he's going to kill this guy and how that's his whole destiny and duty. And then after that little lull, we move on to scene eight of act one. Which is the fight. Which is which is a total of eight lines long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's the and fight. And nobody wins. 
Nobody wins. What's well, the setup fight? No, that's not even the fight yet. No, the, it's the it's, setup it's, for the fight. Yeah, it's yeah. the second-hand man saying these guys are going to fight. Scene nine is Martius and Aphidius finally meeting each other for the first time and talking about how much they hate each other. I hate Well, they meet the, for the first time in the play. They have fought in the several play. Times They've fought this. several times. And every time they fight, that's going to be the last time they fight because next time we meet, one of us is going to be dead. This is like the They're seventh frenemies. time that's happened. Yeah, They're in love. They're in love. Now, eventually... So, Spoiler and they're taunting well. each other. One of them does die. Eventually. 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 That's why it's a tragedy. <laughs> um, I hope that they get to each other just in time to kiss, and then one takes some poison and the other one stabs themselves. <laughs> no, we already did that. It didn't work um, out. I don't think sorry. there's a fryer in this one. If there had been... That's how it would have ended. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's a friar in this one. Too bad. I'd pay to see that rewrite. Maybe Volumnia No, I wouldn't. I don't want to watch this. I don't want to watch this. You'd have loved it if you'd right. actually come and seen your friends perform it. I had birthed a child a week before. It wasn't that close. Ew. I had the kid on August 26th. You guys went up, like, September 3rd. That's that close. (laughs) (laughs) No. Fuck that. And then finally, in scene 10, in scene 10 of Act 1, Martius is renamed Coriolanus out of the fact that he led this charge against this city and was so victorious. And everybody wants to praise all of his deeds, and all he will talk about is, well, I didn't kill Aphidius, so it's not a deal worth I didn't win. I, I don't really deserve. I don't deserve. I just did what I would do to get grain. It's fine. I just wanted some grain, which they it's do get douche. grain. Yeah, they do. And so he's being given all of these honors and all of these accolades, and he like doesn't want any of them. He's like, nah, don't talk about stuff that I did because I didn't do the important thing and I didn't kill this guy. And then in scene well, hubris 11, is the highest sin you can have. In scene in. 11 of Act 1, we meet Aphidius. See, I have, this as scene, I have this as scene 10. You have an extra scene. And I feel bad for you that you had to read an extra scene. I, well, I think her extra scene, I, I don't... My, I think that the, the scene where the two... Where the second in command's like, these guys are going to fight. I think that's part of the fight scene. In mine, it's a separate scene. In my Norton, those eight lines are which scene is, eight. And then the fight is scene nine. And then... Praising Coriolanus is scene 10, and then scene 11 is this conversation between Aphidius and a soldier, where Aphidius is now talking about how, yes, Coriolanus and I have met five times before on the battlefield. It's been heated and intense every single time. One of these days, one of us is going to kill the other, I swear, or we're going to kiss. Haven't decided which yet. (laughs) Beard to beard. Why and not he's talking fight. about how he almost got me this fight, time. Fight, fight. And kiss, kiss, kiss. Now I'm going to leave and I'm going to go hole up somewhere until the next time when we shall meet. But in the meantime, please give him this letter that tells him how much I hate him. <laughs> I wrote it and put my perfume on it. I really hate him. I spent extra time with the word hate and I put a hate heart above all my eyes. So he would super know I hate him. 
with all my heart. <laughs> oh, all my heart. I hate him with all my heart. And that's Act One. So Act One encompasses an entire war. Uh, so something that another Shakespeare play might take five acts to explore, we've taken one. Yeah. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out here. I'm really glad we didn't Henry this and make it into six plays. <laughs> it's unnecessary. Well, Act One of this is n- not even anywhere remotely close to Act Five of Antony and Cleopatra. But I feel like we have, in other plays, done everything that was done in the first act with two random gentlemen in the forum having an exposition conversation as to why Martius is now Martius Coriolanus. Yeah, but then you don't get I to do feel fight. like I do feel like this all could have been summed up with some captain's exposition. Yeah. Instead of taking Like, if tests. John Falstaff had been in this play, we could have gotten through it. Actually, it would have been pinned. There's, there's, not, there's not bad writing in the first act. I don't... It's not bad writing. It's just... A little... You like Antony and Cleopatra, and Antony and Cleopatra is way worse. <sighs> Cleopatra's great, but Act 5 of Antony and Cleopatra is, what, 27 scenes? And I love 30, it. I love it because 38 it... scenes? But it waited to get ridiculous till I was invested. Until you were drunk. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I like that barometer. It waited to get ridiculous until I was invested. See, this isn't ridiculous. Look, you just have to stop looking at there, scene numbers. There's there's an author out there. Her name is Sarah J. Maas. And her books at this point are fucking terrible. But I'm invested. <laughs> Oh, see, so I didn't I keep, let myself get to that point with her stuff. Don't, I, like, noped out Don't of the read first the first book. one. You get invested, and then five books later, you're like, this is a little trash. I've been reading trash for five books. I could have told you that, Beth. I'm invested. I know. I wouldn't have listened. I never I know. listen. I just read. You can okay. go off the rails. It's like Supernatural. You can go off the rails. You just have to get me invested first. This, they started off jumping the shark. They didn't jump as the far shark. As there's ten scenes in Act One. There's Stop looking at scene numbers. One. Stop. You I don't have to look at the scene numbers, Ryan. I know how long I've been reading something before I get to the next okay. act. Okay. How many pages? How many pages are there? Forty. Yeah, that's an average Act One of a Shakespeare play. I guessed. I don't even know. I don't know how many pages there are. <laughs> that's an average Act One of a Shakespeare play. Often they're one scene. You guys are looking at the scene numbers and getting upset about that. Yeah. I also, I just want to fact check real briefly. Anthony and Cleopatra has two scenes in Act Five, so. Okay, well, what, okay, what what act oh. is it then that there's 37 scenes? It's, Probably it's Act, act Three. No, it's Act Three. There's like 13. Um, <laughs> I'm not saying your point doesn't stand. I'm just saying it wasn't technically accurate. Okay, but there's the, however many pages there are in in Act One, all 10 scenes here. That's that's normal for Shakespeare. It's just usually one scene. You guys I don't are care caught about up on the scene numbers. I don't care about number of scenes and I don't care about number of pages. I care about how long it feels while I'm reading it. Cuz there, there are some scenes that are really long that don't feel that long while I'm reading cuz I'm super invested in what's happening and it's engaging and it's holding my attention. And then there's some things where I've been reading for 3 pages and I'm like this has been going on forever and I'm so tired. I do, yeah. I get that, but and that this, also, that, this that, play was not for me to the level of King Lear with that. 
Because I uh, felt that hard with King Lear. I know. And, I, and I get where you're coming from, but it also stands to our point that we always make of this is not for reading. It's not for reading. No. And but that's fair. This is for watching. And in, when watching this, it is it moves. It moves. It has a flow. It it definitely is way, way better paced than when you're reading it. And I think I that could be helped along with some healthy edits. Right. Oh, and, yeah, and I'm not disagreeing there. There's stuff you can cut, for sure. You can cut any, out of any lot, Shakespeare. We've read a lot of battle scenes, and I think we're pretty done with reading battle scenes. Uh, I don't think yeah. there are too many more plays that have battle scenes. Uh, I don't think so. I have to check the wall in the Mackers. Mackers is good. Hamlet. Hamlet is not really a battle, battle scene. scene. But there, is, there are there's fights. There's a fight scene. There's a duel. There yeah, fights. there's some duels in there. There's a scrap. But I'm talking yeah. about like full war battle scenes and Mackers. There's often when we do these full war battle scenes, there's gonna be a lot of cuts. There's gonna be a lot of scenes in all of these war scenes, and I get that. I just for I don't, me, I think I they think didn't make me, me like him at all before they started throwing him into danger, and I'm like, oh, that fucker's well, dead behind the wall. Like, Sweet, you're not supposed Sweet to beans. like him. Where's Coriolanus? Let's bring that guy on. I think, You're not supposed I think the to like thing Coriolanus. For me, I think the thing for me is that Act 1 feels so disconnected from the rest of the show. So because everything into, that happens in Act 1 is really just to set up where we want our characters to be for the bulk of what the play's actually about, which is 2 through 5. Oh right. no, I agree. So, and it's 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 a different it's just a it's just a different way of setting things up. And instead of, you know instead of coming in with the boring stuff. What, like character development? Well no, you what you get invested in this because of the battle. It's 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 like if you started Titus with the battle instead of the senators complaining at each other. But we started Titus with they just returned pretty much- from war. So Act Two, which we're going into now, is going to yes. start where Titus started, pretty much. Yeah, Titus would have been more interesting if there had been a little bit of a fight at the beginning of it. If we had seen him fight the uh, Gauls, the Goths. Sorry. Yeah, but no, I, Germans you know, versus the French. Who cares? Kill them all. You know, that's that's you know, you you throw a battle scene right at the beginning. It gets you interested in what you're going on about. I'm going to throw a pin in this discussion. Yeah. I'm going to throw a pin in it. We'll come back to it. Yeah, that's not how I feel about those things, and that's okay. Because that's the point, is that we drink beer and then we yell at each other. So where I'm sitting, I can see my neighbors across the street. Creepy. And I don't know what they're doing, but it's late at night and they keep bringing long objects into their front door. And there's a little girl sitting outside now. But don't you take the bodies out? I think they're putting bodies in. This is how you get zombies. This is how you get zombies. They're letting the bodies hit the floor. All right, so so we start Act Two with Menenius talking to Brutus and Sicinius, and remember, Brutus and Sicinius don't like Coriolanus, and Menenius loves him beyond measure. Beyond, yeah, Brutus and Sicinius are are uh, are dissenting dissenting voices against. Yeah, they're yeah. the tribunes. They're and, senators. And so they the sit tribunes. down with them, and uh, Menenius is basically like, "Hey." 
Uh, so he's coming back from war. He's been all decorated. He wants to be a, a consul. He wants to be a leader of the people. And Brutus and Sicinius basically go, um, okay, one problem with that, the people don't like him. <laughs> At which point Menenius goes, how dare you? The people just don't know how him the way you? I know him. <laughs> and it's like, well, the, the, the people don't like him. That's not like, that's not a, a matter of opinion. It just, it just it's is. Just, it's just fact. They don't like him. He has not made himself popular because he yells at them about corn. And but at first, when he comes back and Volumnia talks him into going to try to be the consul, it seems like the plebes are like, "Hey, this guy just won a battle. Maybe we like him." You know, Commodus returning from you know well, from the battle at the beginning. You know, gladiator. And they, and- they go. They go back and forth because they talk. We really like that he won this battle and that's a hero, but he also doesn't want to make sure. He also yelled at us about corn. mm. He also yelled at us about corn. And I just love the beginning of this scene because you have these two guys who are kind of trying to like test the waters and see if they can like talk to some other people about not liking Coriolanus. And they pick absolutely the wrong guy and he goes off. Yep. Yeah. Like. It turns into a riot. Yeah. (laughs) And so then, yeah, he's talking to his mother. There are several riots in this. There's so many. There are a lot of riots in politics. (laughs) It's true. It's true. Coriolanus comes home, and his wife and his mother are there to Uh greet him, and his wife is, like, crying from happiness, and he looks at her and goes, why are you crying? I've returned victorious. Yeah. Would you be would you be leaping with joy if I died? Well, right now, bitch tits, I would be. <laughs> he is toxic masculinity. Oh, yeah. oh yes, absolutely. Uh, um, but this scene right here, as he's coming back in, really reminded me of Titus a lot because we have that whole procession, mm-hmm. and we do it in Julius Caesar too. There's a whole yep. procession in. Very um, common in it's just his a Roman, Roman play place. Yep. Yep. Let's do what we know Romans did. We're going to have a fucking parade. We're going to get some chariots. Yep. It's Ben Hur style. And then we'll make everybody politicians. And then chariots and, and so then we're in the next scene, we're going Robes to baby oil. the senators. And it's basically like to summarize for the senators. This is what happened in the battle. These are all of the glorious deeds that were done by our leaders. And this is why and he we left. praise them. He, he left. Coriolanus does not want to be praised. He's like, and this he's, is a, like, I don't want to stand here and listen to you tell what I did. I know what I did. I'm not standing here for this. I'm out. And it, like literally to the point where he's like, don't, don't tell everybody. Well, I got to tell them it's what we Friends, do. Friends, Romans, countrymen, like, okay. shut the fuck up. Okay, fine. And so he literally. I almost spit my beer out. That was pretty good. good <laughs> but he literally Friends, is Romans, standing there in the, in the Senate, and then as soon as they start telling about all of his great deeds, he literally walks out of the Senate until they're done, and then he comes back in. And he's pissed. And he, for he, a while, he, like, he hates the idea of popular rule. Like, he, he, he hates the idea. Well, yeah, because why would you let the poor people pick what's going on? Well, that's, that is part of it because letting letting uh, what the the quote is what the the crows to peck the eagles, giving the the plebes power yeah. over patricians. And so he wants 
this position of power, but he just wants to be given it. Yep. Well, he doesn't, he doesn't want it because like he should have to like run him. or talk about it. He wants it because he knows that he does these good things, and he's like, oh, yeah, I yeah, I do this shit. Of course, give me the job." He's an entitled. Oh, uh. And yeah. then somebody Ooh, reminds uh, him. Exactly what somebody reminds him that hey, um, if you want to be, a uh, I can't remember the word that they use. Tribute or console. It's not. I was tribune was what was in my head. If you want to be a console, you have to have the vote of the people. You have to convince the people to vote for you. Well, because the console no, is supposed like, to be the representative of the people. Right, he speaks so, for the people in the Senate. Yeah. And, and so he why goes, would you why would you elect a guy who doesn't want the people to have And so he goes down to the citizens and yeah, he's why like, would All you right, do that, if United I want this States. job If I want this job, I guess I have to convince you to vote for me. So here I am and I know I yelled at you about corn and I know you don't like me and I don't like you and I've made no bones about that, but will you vote for me to be your voice or whatever? And the no. citizens for some fucking reason, go, yeah, you're okay. You're a war hero. That sounds good. And so he goes back and goes, yep, the common people voted for me, so I guess I'm in. And Brutus- I like him because he tells it like it is. And Brutus and Sicinius go and do what I, I so dearly wish was a real thing, is that after the votes have been cast, they go back to the people and go, um, so this is the decision you made. Are you sure this is the decision that you wanted is, to you, make? You... Can I remind you of the fact that this guy does not have your best interests in mind and you hate him? Would you like to make a different choice? Are you are you sure? No. They break out the teacher voice a little bit. At which point the people go, oh, you're right. We don't you like him. this guy. We don't want him to be in charge. In fact, we're going to form a riot because he yelled at us about corn once. So this has probably one of the grossest lines in Shakespeare, and it might have just been where I was when I read it. We are to put our tongues into those wounds and speak for them. About the citizens, his third citizen, being distracted by what a good soldier he was and how many wounds he had gotten, that they voted for him. They put their tongues into his wound. That's so gross. That's yucky. It's so gross. I wanted it's to share gross. his grossness. Yeah, I got nothing for that one. And so, so yeah, Brutus and Sicinius go to the people and are like, hey, um, this is not a good choice. Please make a different one. And they whip the people into a frenzy. And they go from saying, yes, we want Coriolanus to be our representative in the Senate to we need to kill him for treason against No, seriously, against fuck this Rome. guy. We're done with him forever. How yeah. It's just how it's could they very... have elected him? Yeah. So so Sicinius and Brutus come back and they're like, Alright, Coriolanus, the you're a traitor actually... and you're gonna be banished. And Coriolanus goes, I'm taking my ball and going home. Well, there's a bit more that happens than that because there's a lot of back and forth between But we finished an act. Do you guys realize we finished an act? Oh, we did finish an act. It was so fast. Yeah, but but I I just feel like Coriolanus at some point has to be like, yeah, they voted for me. And then these guys leave and then they come back in and they're like, actually, the people are now rioting and want you dead. Yeah, it is. This is all happening really... very fast. Look, and Roman so, politics yeah, so they're calling are very, for his blood. <laughs> very spirited. 
they're calling for his blood. And here's the thing with Coriolanus. Um, dude's got a hair trigger temper. Yes. Yes. And he has no filter. Yes. Nope. And so, like, all of these people in his life, the the general and Menenaeus and his mother are, like, urging him to caution. Like, hey, maybe before you say things, you could think them in your head. Oh, Run them through a filter. That sounds like a terrible idea. It's Decide cool. if it's a good thing to say and then say it. And if it's, it's not, one, change it's it. It's rule number one. That, that sound, that rule like number one. Idea. Rule number one is thinking is when only you can hear it. And speaking is when I can hear it, too. And so they're all the like, first part first. okay. It's so tricky. Let's hear the charges that they have. So, so we'll, we'll enact three. We're going to let them speak the charges they have against you, which is why they want you killed. And then you can counter those charges. But remember that if you come off as like crazy and bloodthirsty, it's not going to win anybody to your side. So maybe you could be measured and calm. Mm. Maybe we could try that. That's not going to work for me. Yeah, well, I'm going to pass. Yeah, hard pass. Yeah, he he's very much a, this is who I am. And I won't apologize for it. And nope. I am what I am. I, I will not lie. I will not be false in any way. And his Ugh. mother, like, his mother finally comes and has to sit him down and be like, child, I am your mother. And I'm talking to you like you are a child right now because you're acting like a child right now. And I need you to promise me that you're going to count to ten when you get mad before you say anything. No, Mommy. I won't. Yeah, that does not last very long at all. Well, he does. One of my favorite parts of this is that he does promise that. And then he gets in front of the people and they're egging him on. And he like snaps at them. And Menenaeus goes, is this the promise that you made your mother? That's literally the Shakespeare line in the show. Look. Is this the promise that you made your mother? Look, she's a formidable woman. She is. Look, he's just... But she's only got control over Coriolanus when he's right in front of her. That's very true. And as soon as he walks out of the room, he forgets everything. Yeah, it's almost like he just goes off unchecked without even considering any of the side effects or, you know, ramifications of what he does. And so I don't, he goes I don't know off anybody who's like almost like a perfect no. analog for the United States political system right now. Yes, <laughs> Well, you know, minus the war hero part, because ours is a draft dodger. So Coriolanus would have his ass. Yeah, he would. Wouldn't give him any corn. No, no corn, no corn, because he didn't serve. He doesn't get to vote because he he's not serve. a citizen because he didn't serve. No corn. Then the bugs, no the bugs come and attack. <laughs> the bugs? Oh, yeah. But anyway, so yep, Coriolanus is in front of the citizens. He's in front of the citizens, and they're leveling the charges against him, and this is why we want you to die. And what do you have to say for yourself? And he goes off, and he's like, yeah, you're right. Everything you're accusing me of, I absolutely did, I did it, it, and I'm not sorry, it. and Fuck you, you don't deserve any corn, and I hate all of you. And then he finally gets the pronouncement is, you are banished from Rome. And I, I do have to 
a little bit respect a guy. It's got a very Timon of Athen vibe. Because when they say you are banished from Rome, his response is, um, I'm sorry, actually Rome is banished from me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so how about that? He's like, he's like, oh yeah? Oh yeah? And Fuck I'm going to throw guess. lukewarm water in your face and run away to the woods. I'm rubber in your glue. That's how my four-year-old, that's how my four-year-old responds to being in timeout. You're in timeout, James. No, I'm not. You're in timeout. I hate you. This place is stupid. Eat some rock soup. And it just felt like, I am rubber, you are glue. Whatever you say bounces off of me and sticks to it's you. It's true. It Coriolanus is. Coriolanus out. It is. And that's why, like, you're not supposed to like Coriolanus. It's, it, it's, he's, you know, like, Shakespeare has not done anything to make, you know, Coriolanus likable throughout, you know, throughout, especially, you know, to this point, through three acts, you know, he has not, you know, made him a likable character. It's why it's the tragedy of Coriolanus. There are several tragedies where you don't root for the main character. Yeah. I don't have a problem with that. I don't know. I didn't dislike this one as much as Beth disliked it. Beth only dislikes it because I like it. I don't like it. Like so many things in my life. I choose how I feel about them. Whether or not you feel one way or another. You do rule my life, so... Oh, we're going to do that now? Yep. Well, it's true. Can't I just not like it because I don't no, like it? because I don't believe you on this one because you've hated it without ever reading it. That's why you were so against it. I made fun of it without I, ever reading it. I used to do the same thing. I used to not want anything to do with this play and then I was in it. And I was, and I read it and had performed it and everything else, it is a far better play than it is getting credit for, and has gotten credit for throughout history. And there so, are plays that are hated that I liked. I will say this, it's not the worst. Well, no, that's King John. That's See, I, I liked King John just fine. Well, I mean, Troilus okay. and Cressida might be the worst. It is the worst. Troyos and Cresta's only redeeming quality is the humor factor of it. And the no. humor is super dark. And it's no. really like when somebody makes a drama and you're like, oh my god, it's so bad, it's funny. He wrote <laughs> That's a play about, about the Trojan War and forgot to make it about the Trojan War. No, but they did put uh, a super creepy uncle in it. Yeah, and I mean, that's basically the Trojan War. Look look at Chase's face. Chase thinks that uncle is hilarious. (laughs) Pretty great. (laughs) Pretty great. Anyway, so three acts in, we fought a war. We've had a guy run for Senate. Uh, We've had the same guy who ran and kind of got elected to Senate then get threatened with death by a mob. He ran for consul, which is actually closer to being like, uh, Vice Speaker president? of the House, or yeah, President, yeah, yeah. President okay. Pro Tempore. You're not, you're not, yeah, you're not the president. You're, you're powerful, but you're not but the one not who's president of actual decisions. I just don't understand why. Like, why would he get this particular? Like role? Caesar, Caesar was there a consul. Julius Caesar was a consul for we a long start, while. But we start Act Four with. Coriolanus packing to leave with his his wife and his mother and saying, yeah, I hate all these people. They're stupid and they stink and uh, they didn't kick me out because I kicked them out. And so Right I'm out of my heart. Bye. 
kicked them out of my heart. I'm going to go live in a cave in the woods with this guy named Tim. He'll have plenty of eggs because they throw them at him as he leaves. Except, yeah, instead of going to live in a cave in the woods, he goes and lives with his boyfriend in Antium. We don't get there quite yet. No, but that's where he's going. But but that is that is the path he's on. You can't skip uh, ahead to the last chapter of a Jane Austen novel where they kiss. You got to make it all the way through, Ryan. Oh, they kiss well before it's the last the chapter. It's about the slow burn. It's about <laughs> the slow burn. It's about the slow um, burn. And so the next scene, <laughs> the next scene, we have Brutus and Sicinius again, um, and and Volumnia and Virgilia come in. And Virgilia is weeping. She spends all of her time in this place. She cries. That's what she does. She cries. A, that's that's her character, and I don't like that. She's she's really stuck. I want to try to make allowance for her, but I can't. Well, she's, I, I feel think she's bad just, for her. She's got one yeah, mode, she, and it's crying. And it's I married an asshole. Why did I do mm-hmm. that? My life is down the toilet. Well, she's in an abusive relationship. Yeah. And an absent she, with relationship. A, with a toxic male gaslighter. And and the worst part about it is is that he is... He doesn't even... Like, he's not direct in any of any of it. It's... it's, it's all of his abuse towards her is, is apathetic. Almost like, why are... Why are you crying? Yeah. Like, I don't even care, like, what the hell. What, yo, why are you, like, he's, he treats her so poorly, but she's, like, still an afterthought. Yeah. He can barely summon up enough energy to, to complain well, about her crying. And, and uh, she doesn't have a scene where she's not next to Volumnia, and anybody who stands next to Volumnia is in Volumnia's show. Well, and yeah, and she's got, she's because got her she's mother-in-law, such a- yeah presence you like she's got such a presence and so this scene is her coming to these two who kind of ran Coriolanus out of Rome and dressing them down basically and saying have you no shame you are responsible for Rome losing its greatest citizen you should be ashamed of yourself I hope that you get the plague and die and then she storms out and Menenius who's been there the whole time basically like pokes his head back in the door to go what she said and run out again <laughs> if only Coriolanus would turn and look and see that his true love has been beside him his whole life well no if he if he, he doesn't he, need Tullus if he turns and looks at Menonias then he'll be stuck in the underworld <laughs> Menonias will I mean Coriolanus will get well, out yeah, Coriolanus will get out but then Menonias will disappear so he's not actually allowed to look at him won't be a great great loss, honestly. No. Neither, never mind. I don't know why. I don't know why I didn't add anything either. But hey, you know. That's actually. I feel like that's a pin. I got a really, really good adaptation of the Orestes. Really that's good. A, that's a pin for this. Not one. adaptation. Um, translation. Remind me to tell you All about right. it later. Very good. But is that like a pin pin or is that just something Beth wants just to like talk about? Just like her remind me later related to talk this about play. It. Just a remind me later to tell you guys about this really great version of the All right, we'll talk about it. Okay. I'm not going to write it down on a post-it, though. You can write it on okay. your whiteboard. Okay. 
Um, Beth is so excited to finally get told she can write something on her whiteboard. Look, she's even she's even giving you the stank eye while she's doing it. It's his friends, Roman's countrymen. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my greatest contribution to this podcast has been done. I'd say we should put that on a shirt, but yeah, I wouldn't buy it. Got a sense of that one. I would buy it. Yeah, I would wear that shirt. I know. But, but I, do I don't wear crossword shirts because like, I'm an adult. Do the asterisk. Something. I'll Something. figure it out. Yeah, yeah, some, somehow. I, yeah, I'd get that on a mug. I wouldn't get that on a shirt because I wouldn't be able to wear it anymore. Well, yeah, definitely a mug. Exactly, Uncensored I'd get on, it a mug. on a mug. I'm waiting for the face masks to come in for our merch so that I can get the They're in. drunken. Are they? Yes. I checked the other day on our merch site because I definitely want the drunken Shakespeare theologian. And I was thinking about the, I'm going to make your teeth bleed. Mm-hmm. But I feel it's too threatening at this time. <laughs> at, at this, at this in time. In our country. You, you can't wear it to work. Yeah. And then we, we have a scene so anyway, yeah, in the we, middle we of Act 4. We got derailed a little. Yeah. Sorry. We have a scene in the middle of Act 4 that is Captain's Exposition by two characters we've never seen before about things that we already know. Well, that's normally how the exposition yeah. goes. What yeah, are, but at least seen... usually they're giving us some new information. Yeah, well, sometimes, yeah. And this is scene three, and they're just like, did you hear that this guy got banished? Yeah, we were all there to watch him throw his hissy fit. Well, that's, you know, it's for the guy who had to we, get up and stand that that in line happens. at the outdoor, at the chamber pot to... He left after the the people said, yeah, we'll elect you, and when he came back, he was so He confused. had to take a shit. <laughs> it takes a little It was a whole longer. act. What you know? He had a, there was nobody to give him a beer. Well, he had, I want to make a Princess Diaries so two reference, and I don't know that anybody. He assumed will pick up the acts it. were going to be as long as the first one, so he thought yeah, he had he time. He had corn. He didn't, and so therefore, you know, he had corn. <laughs> Ugh. Nuggies. <laughs> you said nuggies. That made it way worse. Hey Beth, if I make a Princess Diaries two reference, will you appreciate it? Probably. I love Chris Pine. Okay, I was going to say it was like Mia's mom at the wedding, where she has to leave to go change the baby's diaper. And then she doesn't come back again. When then when she comes back, like, two completely brand new people are getting married than who was getting married before. <laughs> she missed it all. Missed everything. She missed it all. It's a deep cut. I haven't watched that in a while. I'm not it's, mad about it, but I haven't oh, watched it Oh, it's on Disney Plus, and it's, it's near and dear to my heart. But anyway talking about a play that's not near and dear to my heart <laughs> moving forward you're allowed to say you don't like listen, it but i'm not allowed to say i don't like it so listen if chris pine was in this i'd be 100 percent more interested well now i have reason to make fun of it that should make you feel better i'm just no because you need to see it all right so but in act we're four act- we have coriolanus he's in antium yeah we're in disguise! We're almost, we're almost disguise. done. We're in Act 4. We're almost done with this play. So and then you. he, like, muscles his way into Aphidius' house. And all of Aphidius' servants are like, dude, you can't just be in here. Watch me. You, you, you have to leave. It's the middle of the night. And you're just, like, in our kitchen sitting by the fire. I was hungry. Doors open. You, it wasn't. You broke in. We need you to go. Well, should have made a better lock. I'm staying right here. But Squatter rights. We need you to go. Squatter's get, rights. Go get Tullus. 
And Bring like, me your master. Yeah. Or I'm not going to get you my master. Off. I'm not going to bother my master with your. I'm presence. here to talk to your goddamn master. Oh. Go get him. Get him. I think you are. Yeah, and so, of course, are. as soon as the servant leaves and and uh, goes and says, "Hey, there's this dude in your kitchen," and he makes okay. This is where the subtext becomes actual text. Is in this scene. Because I'm flip to the real words. The third I serving man says, How sir, How sir do you meddle with my master? And he was meaning, you know, do you have business with my master? And Coriolanus takes it in a very different direction. <laughs> yes. And basically says yes, but not in the way that you mean, in a different way. Go get him. Biblically. And so then Aphidius comes in and he goes, "Who are who is making a ruckus in my house?" Who's and he takes who's off all up in my kitchen. He takes off his cloak and he reveals so it, himself and he goes, "It is I, Aphidius." So are we all familiar with the Disney Three Musketeers? Of course. Okay, so Oliver Platt. Yes. In that movie, that's Coriolanus in the scene to me. He's wearing a big old floppy hat with like a big feather plume coming off of it and a cloak and a bulbous nose. And he takes it all off in one big swoop and he says, it's me. Beard to beard. <laughs> Please don't kill me. Aquarius gives this like 40 line speech about how he's been wronged. And he has sought out Aphidius because the people of Rome have betrayed him. And so he wants to put all of their animosity behind them he wants to join forces and but, would you maybe consider go attacking Roman? but this is he also first offers to just let aphidius kill him kill him yeah like if you want to kill me you go can, for it or put your, i'm right here put your we dagger can go right attack here. rome and fact, if we take, I'll step out of the way. You go get Rome. Everybody's gonna be happy. Yeah, just. And if we take the right route through the woods, there is a guy who will throw gold at us to fund. He will pay <laughs> our he will pay money. But you have to give him potatoes. Infinite money glitch. You just gotta give him potatoes. Yep. <laughs> but you'll be in Rome in two days. Doesn't matter where He'll you are. All roads lead actually. to Rome. Well, he's in he's in Athens, so it's not that far away. Aww. It's just yeah. down the road a piece. And Aphidius is thrilled that Coriolanus is there. He calls out to Jove. He calls out to Jove. To Jupiter. To Jupiter. And says, I will, I would not kill you. Jupiter was all the cloud. He could not have spoke more true words. Martius, I love you. And they have this just love fest of a scene. Yep. This is... This is Darcy and Elizabeth Bennet. Walking across the field. And I'm going to reference the newest one because I don't like it. And the sunrise comes up. And they say stupid shit that's not in the book. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome. I don't like that one. I hate the 2005 Pride and Prejudice so much and nobody else does and it makes me angry. Which one's the 2005? Isn't that one? Nobody cares. It's the nightly one. Nobody cares. Everybody cares. Everybody cares. There is, by the way, already a YouTube channel called Ostentatious. Just so you know. I know. And there's a TV show called Ostentatious, too. I'm upset. I was shook. I thought we had a thing. 
We did have a thing. We do have a thing. It was just brief. We do. But we'll have a thing It's later. not going to be brief. It'll be longer than this show has run. <laughs> There's not enough material. You're wrong. There's not more material than there is in the Western canon. Do you know how many Jane Austen is in the Western canon, dumbass? Uh, yeah, she is. She is. She's in the Western canon. She should have been shot out of a Western canon. Hold on. I didn't get close enough to mic that. Anyway, That's why she's not so in it. They, they do you feel better? Yeah, I do a little bit. <laughs> okay, good. Coriolanus and Aphidius skip off arm in arm somewhere. This uh, this Leaving actually might have been the first time uh, two men kissed on the Needle Hall stage in front of an audience, at least. Yeah. And well, uh, leaving these during, three servants at least during one of our performances, it was. Yeah, to leave the three servants going that. Did you? That was weird, right? That like was that was strange. different. That, that, was that wasn't what you were expecting. And strangely, that what did not I, go in the direction I was thinking it would. I was assuming this, and then they, huh? Well, I guess it is a strange day. <laughs> and that conversation about how strange that was lasts for like a really four long pages. Time. That's the rest of that scene. Is how weird that was. Well, it was pretty weird it was tomorrow so, today presently you shall have dumb struck up again this afternoon yeah like they just was weird it it's as if they don't have any actual things to talk about anymore well because before and so they're be- just gonna rehash this before their thing was to talk about how much telesophidius and caius marcius hated each other I can't talk about but that. But yeah, anymore. so now oh, they have dude, to talk about how weird it is that they don't hate each other anymore. And so then we Maybe go back to all... Rome. Yep. In the next scene. And we've got dude. Brutus and Sicinius going, ah, gosh, have you noticed that it's so much quieter and more peaceful now that Coriolanus <laughs> is gone? So Rome glad is so we much got better rid of without him. that fucktard, isn't it? And then sure a messenger, enough. then Menenaeus comes in and goes, well, I hope you're pleased with yourself. He's gone. We are. Joined forces with Aphidius, and they're marching oh. on. And Rome. they shit their pants. That's your oh. turn. Did not see that coming. And that's when Brutus and and Sicinius uh, crap their pants. Because this is a problem. Well, because because whatever you think of Coriolanus, he's a top notch war hero. He's a good... So is Aphidius. Yeah. <laughs> well, say. And now they've joined forces. Say, Aphidius is the leader of the their hated enemy. You know the 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 Volsci. Volus, the Volsci. And they've you know fought. He he's fought Coriolanus to a standstill five times before this. They are equals. And so the general's like, "You guys did this," and Brutus and Sicinius go, "No, it wasn't us. Nope. We didn't. Do this, this was the plebes." Yep. Yeah, it was yep, the common they, people. Uh, it was all on the people. We we just we served the pleasure of Rome, nah, and so it's Rome's fault as a whole. All of them, not me. All all of Rome. Them. All of Rome, which includes us, but is not us. I the skipped pol- something very important in the last scene. What? Which is the fact that Shakespeare has written not once, not twice, but thrice. The phrase oh. "thwack our general." 
<laughs> yeah, especially since- quote shake to quote Shakespeare, thwack our general, thwack it, thwack him good. Do, 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 Shakespeare coined the term thwack, and I'm not sure how to do that. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for picking up my song, Chase. Oh, Chase was dancing in the background. It was beautiful. Oh, it was a oh man, that was that was worth the price yeah, of admission right there. <laughs> oh no, my Wait, computer just told me my internet in, connection Brian? is unstable. Uh oh. Well, now it's just like you. <laughs> oh. Thanks, You're buddy, welcome, friend. For thinking that I'm even just like you. I never said I was stable. <laughs> Asshole. All right. So, <laughs> where were we? And so you this, sure. this announcement we that they're general. coming and marching on Rome. <laughs> That's what Coriolanus calls it when he's. That's what she said. Thwacking his general. Thwacking his general. Yeah. I like it. New euphemism. It's new. Yeah, you love euphemisms, so. I do. I do. In fact, my first novel is going to be called Excuse the Euphemism. We're out thwacking Euphemism. Thwacking my general upstairs in the bath. All right. Let's get on with this. Anyway, the announcement's made, and everybody leaves to go prepare, and Brutus and Sicinius have this beautiful moment at the end of scene six of Act Four where they go, I don't like this. I don't like this either. This is not good news. We're <laughs> kind of fucked. This, this isn't really happening, is it? No. No. It's, it's... I mean, it's not, right? No, it is. It is. Scene seven is literally just a Phidias rhapsodizing about Coriolanus to his lieutenant. But it's like a jealousy. Well, it's a love-hate relationship, Beth. Have you not been paying attention? Yeah, they love no, not each at all. other and also hate each other at the same time. Uh, they oh. want to kill each other, but they also want to fuck. Is that how a love-hate relationship works? Oh, God. God, I didn't. I'm going to no. hate you with a okay. brick. Uh, it's not social distancing. I can hit you with, from a from six feet away with a brick. <laughs> you can't even get a trebuchet to fire six feet. I'm not that worried. I launched pumpkins across my backyard at least 40 feet with a trebuchet. Not when anybody was watching. No, the first time we did really well. The second time, they did not do very well. <laughs> no, they Trebuchet did not. one worked really well. Trebuchet two... When no, no, it was a massive It has performance failure. anxiety. Yeah, it didn't like when people watched. Alright, so, moving on. Act 5, scene 1. I love Act 5. Do you know why I love Act 5? Because it's the end? Yeah! You're right. You're right. Well, so, it's time for Act Act 1, Part 2. Commius? Yes, that's right. Act 1, Part 2. Actually, this is actually really Commius. short, comparatively. Act 5 is not very long. But... Commius, Coriolanus's old boss, tries to get him to, like, settle the fuck down. Coriolanus is like, nope. I can't. I have to be who I am. And I really am tired of him saying that. Yeah, I have to be who I am. That changes depending on what it is he wants to accomplish, but... Right. Man, it's... It's I Really, where have I heard this analog before? Yeah. No, it's Trump. (laughs) So, then all of... Everybody goes to Menius and is like, hey, Menius. You guys are super close. Can you get him not why to kill us? And why don't you like, talk to him? 
I, I will absolutely talk to him all day, every day. I want to stare into those gold-flecked eyes. His beautiful baby blues. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I said gold-flecked. Come on. Oh, sorry. You're supposed to say yes and, not no. Well, they can be they can be gold flecked and baby blues at the same time. They can. Heterochromia is a real thing. That's when your eyes are two different colors. Makes me. I have I have yellow in my blue eyes. I'm sorry, Beth. Your android eyes or whatever with precious metals in them. Yes, and. Thank you. Anyway, Act 5 is basically all of these different people going to Coriolanus and trying to convince him not to attack Rome and him going, mm, nah, gonna do it anyway. But, yep. Gonna do it anyway. So, cause it's com, committee, com, whatever his Cominius. name is, general. And it's Cominius. Menenaeus. But then. They send mom. Then the three then women. They send the, the mom. And his son. Apparently he's had a son this whole time. And the son's old enough to talk, so. But not they old enough to join the army, so he does not care. Yeah, the, son, he, the son doesn't does get any get fucking corn? corn either. And trust me, <laughs> they start talking before you're ready for them to fucking talk. Yeah, talking, no. walking, all of these things happen before you're ready. They don't have shit to say. But they fucking tell you. <laughs> they will tell you. Everything. But his wife cries out to him, and he's like, nope. Not interested in what you have to say. <laughs> I don't care what and you have to say when we are on in. good terms. I'm with my boyfriend now. I don't give a fuck what you say now. <laughs> I left you. I left you. <laughs> and then, and then mom comes in. Oh, mom. Now he's in trouble. And mom has a great scene. And mom goes, this is not how I raised you. Actually, mom, it is how you raised me. To be true to me. But she's got a couple, like... Great speeches, honestly. She does. I And talks about how turning around and siding with your enemies against us is poisonous to your honor. She gets real into it, too. I wasn't worried about my honor. I was worried about my on him. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you a, I'll give you a slow clap. But... I'm not super proud of it, but it's what I'm going with today. And so, yeah, so she gives these two big speeches and she like like full on she lights into him pretty hard she does it's such a mom move and at the end of it he goes okay mom i'm real sorry i'm sorry that i was gonna attack rome i won't do it i anymore. promise I mom promise. i'll be better i'll, I'll be a good boy welcome home and then aphidius aphidius comes in and he's like hey just checking in what's going on i can't attack rome with you anymore my mom said no <laughs> my mom said i my mom said i have to come home <laughs> She said it's time for dinner. So what do you do when your new boyfriend will no longer kill your enemy that used to be not his enemy? You, what, plot his death? Clearly. Yeah, so so Aphidius is like, yeah, all right, well, uh. Yep, now and I he goes back to again. Antium and he starts plotting to murder him. So... He accuses, Coriolanus is, has been accused of treason and leaves Rome and comes back to destroy Rome. That's definitely treason, treason, right? But now, 
But but now Tullus everybody's is also like, scared of super him? treasonous well, to me. Because... Tullus well, because no, but everybody's scared of Coriolanus, and now they're like, "Hey, we're gonna give you that position of power that you wanted. Everything's chill, right? Not gonna kill us." But cool. he did betray the Volshi because he agreed to to join them and go to war with them. So I mean, he he, you know, Tullus is right. Coriolanus so, is just an asshole. What happens next? Yep. And they so, have a lover spat about it. <laughs> and he calls him Martius again, instead of Coriolanus. Yes. Oh, Beth, yes, Beth giggled. Oh my gosh. When he you g- said, they have a lover spat, Beth just he, giggled. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> do. Um, when I have a lover spat with my husband, my friends usually don't come around and stab him. I'm just saying. Yeah, I haven't stabbed that's Chris. That's not in... usually what happens. Yeah, a long time. Years. At least. Yeah. <laughs> gotta get a polar. That's right. Gotta be out of melee range. We prefer halberds. So, here's the thing. This whole play, this whole play, we've heard that these two guys, eventually, they're going to meet on the battlefield and one of them's going to kill the other. That's inevitable. And in the end, it doesn't even nope. happen. Aphidius just stands there while his minions stab Coriolanus as if to say... At the end, you're not even. Well, yeah, and that's basically what Aphidius is saying. I'm just gonna now. Watch. I mean, when we when we did this um, several years ago, we had a fight there. The minions were involved, but there was a fight. It was Coriolanus versus the minions, but then you know. And then here's See, an interesting. No, go the ahead, way Dave. you phrase that makes me think Michael Porteous went up against several minions from that Despicable Me movie, and <laughs> I know that's not what happened, but it is a okay, very because well, now I'm, I'm I want to see Stewart accidentally stab Mike. <laughs> I'm I'm imagining Griffin and Cat and them as minions, <laughs> and then a minion actually stabbing Mike in the arm. When I playground this one, they're gonna they're gonna kill him at the end in minion costumes. It's gonna it takes place at Halloween. Yep. Everybody's dressed up in Halloween costumes. <laughs> this is happening now. This is happening now. It's the minions kill. Look, him. it's petty enough that it would work for high school. It it would. <laughs> but it's petty. I think Roman my politics. favorite part about this scene is in this is in the stage petty. directions. Because the stage direction says two conspirators draw and kill Martius who falls. Aphidius and conspirators stand on him. And then a bunch of lords come in and one of the lords says to them, tread tread not upon him, masters. Like, why are you standing on the dead body? Please stop. Mind the corpse. Well, there was nowhere else to stand. Look, he takes up a lot of room. Did you say mind the corpse? There's a... And then, of course, once he's dead, Aphidius goes... I'm not mad anymore. And now I just miss him. They loved each other very much. Whenever I... the show. Yeah. Whenever I kill my ex-lovers, I usually miss them, too. With every bullet so far. You know, I say that often, and nobody laughs at it. It's because you're saying it on the east side. Yeah, they don't miss. It's true. And they're like... No, they do. also know bullets are expensive. Uh, They just fire up and... No, no, they don't, because they just fire straight up into the air. No, I, fucking nothing. <laughs> no, it's the 4th of July. Bang, nothing. bang, mother. Pew, 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 pew. 
I had to break up a fight in my parking lot yesterday. That that's is the end of the play. play. Yay! Coriolanus is dead, and Aphidius <clears throat> goes, I'm real sad about it. He should be honored. I miss him already. Let me carry his body. Yep, and that is... And that's the end. It is yeah. not as bad as Beth says yes. it is. Yeah. It is probably not as good as I think it is, but I have also been in it. That was growth. That was growth. Oh, Half no, Hill. now it's better than you. That's, no, it's it better than growth. I thought it was before. <laughs> I just grew again. I just grew it's again. growth. Bef- I'm going to go. <laughs> gross. What, are you going to go thwack your general? No. <laughs> we, have, uh, we, have, we have more thwack, recording to okay. do. I can't thwack the general. Yeah, don't do that on the Speaking recording. Speaking of Nobody... which, I'm going to go ahead and ref this. We're going to get into the into the I what I am expecting to be a knockdown drag out fight in 2 weeks when you rejoin us for Shakespeare. Um, no, but for yeah, now. I'm already 3 beers in. I have many more to go and I don't have to drive anywhere. I'm too. And I haven't fought but, with anybody in a while. I'm too in. Um there is at least a third in the fridge, but somebody else needs to have a sip of that first, but we'll get to that next oh, week. Oh, there, yeah, we've got on the table Yay. an episode of Yeah, make, I but, can't uh, wait until we get into Make Cassie beer. Drink This Beer. It's going to be like 10 minutes for us, but it's going to be that's two true. weeks for these folks. Oh, that's so long for them. I know. All right, well. I'm Ryan Halfill. I'm Beth Roars. I'm Cassie Greenley. I'm Chase Greenley. And next time on the Shakespeare <laughs> podcast, Ryan and Beth duke it out <laughs> over Coriolanus. Oh, won't even be that be. It might. It could be. You it don't won't. have to drive home. It probably won't. Coriolanus blows. Say goodnight, John Boy. Go fuck yourself, Beth. Goodnight, John Boy. <laughs> go thwack your general. You mean go thwack my general? This has been a Ghostlight Media production.